Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Outside, little cold, and we are back. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. So, you sent me an email two days ago, and you said we really need to connect with the youth. I certainly. And do. we've been trying to connect with the youth. We don't have. We have not been giving them a way to get in touch with us. We've been kind of mysterious. I mean, we have... we we want to hear from the kids. That's point blank what it is. So we have created a contact email address (laughs) for the kids to get in touch with us why don't you give that out let's give it out right now to the listeners and mainly to the kids all right if you want to interact with the show email us at vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com that's vicariouslivingpod p-o-d at gmail.com we promise to read every single email that comes in i tell you what i hope we get some shit from kids because we've been giving the kids a lot of good stuff and I hope it's a lot of like appreciation. Like, yeah. Thank you. Like, um, hey, I, I didn't used... do any grand gestures. I was going to do a grand gesture, but then I heard your podcast and then I didn't do it. Yeah. Like something like that. Um, that would be nice. Yeah, just a little appreciation. Uh, honestly, if we get an email from somebody that we don't know who's actually listened to this podcast. Like in Nebraska? My life will be made. So. Yeah. Either way, um, yeah, send us in questions, send us in some stuff. We'll probably read anything we get on the air. And it oh, we'll definitely read whatever we get. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay, so here's, here's what we're going to do on tonight's episode. We are going to, there's this one episode that I've just been staring at. I've been looking at it. You know how kind of like sports teams will look ahead on the schedule? You circled it. I've been circling this game. A lot of bulletin board material. I, you know, it's like we've been playing a bunch of like games against the fucking Browns and the Bills and just these teams I don't give a fuck about. And then I saw this game against the Patriots in week 13. And I was like, oh, that's a game? I'm going to have to wear two different girdles to hide the excitement in my pants. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty as charged in that game. If I'm going for a sack on Tom Brady, he's going to feel me fucking crushing him down to the ground and he's gonna feel a little something extra um in this new nfl you'll probably get a flag for that well at least my dick will be on tom brady so that's a that's a massive win yeah not a lot of people can say that yeah if you just i mean if you want a legal sack you just gotta tackle him and not have your body i wonder if dick weight counts as body weight in the new nfl i don't think so so you'd probably be fine yeah anyways um so This episode I'm talking about is called The Rainy Day Women. And oh my god. If you recall, last last podcast we went through five through nine in OC season two. Tonight we're doing episodes ten through thirteen before we get to this mammoth episode of fourteen, which is Rainy Day Women. So what I want to do is I just want to recap a few of these storylines that have happened from the last time we spoke. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just get everyone up to speed before we just dive fucking headfirst into this episode, The Rainy Day Women. By the way, can I say how glad I am that you have a photographic memory for the OC? It really helps out. Yeah. It's going to be interesting when we get into shows that I haven't seen 72 times (laughs) on how much my recall comes into play. But last thing I'll say, the reason why I'm so jacked up about this Rainy Day Women episode is... When you own the DVDs of the OC, like this podcaster has, Mm -hmm. there's these one-off episodes where they have director's commentary that you can listen to instead of the main episode. It's not every episode, just special ones they do it? Yeah, so they did it like on the pilot. That's like how I knew some of that stuff about that Ryan Atwood's first scene of all time. Deep cut knowledge. Yeah, that Ben Buttons McKenzie scene was with Peter Gallagher. That was his first scene of all time. That's how I knew that. So this Rainy Day Women is one of those director's commentary episodes. 
So I got a lot of fun facts. I can't wait for those tidbits. Just pull mm. them out when you got them. Oh, I will. Okay, so a couple things to recap. Seth and Zach are starting to create this comic book called Atomic County. Almost named the podcast that. We did. We did almost do that. We actually went back and forth on like 34 different names and nothing felt right until we landed on Vicarious Living. And that just felt right because we don't want to live our regular lives. Yeah. We don't live through teens. So teens, get out of, get at us on uh, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Thanks, teens. Um, so Seth and Zach are creating this comic book, Atomic County. Little charge on Summer and, Zach, uh, Summer and Seth starting to percolate. It was a real slow burn. It was kind of flatlined for a while there. And then it slowly, slowly starts to build up to a little Because she's been getting, she's now just full on dating Zach. Yeah, and Seth seems to have kind of accepted that and is moving on with his life. And last we spoke, he, you know, he was fucking with, her, with Alex Olivia Wilde a little bit, but that, that fizzled and we'll tell you why. Yeah, they just weren't meant to be. Quick note on this, not to get too deep into it, but kind of like on a jealousy thing. If you say you're in the situation where you're Seth, you're kind of over, over your ex-girlfriend and you're just find being friends and hanging out with her and the new boyfriend would you ever be able to spark those romantic feelings again if like during those hangs like she's calling the new guy sweetie and like giving him kisses no and that kind of stuff i feel like i'd have to flip that switch in my brain like i'd be fine with it but then the the romance part could probably never it could probably just never be rekindled I would never be hanging out with my ex in the first place. But, like, I, picture this in, like... There's no upside. There's no upside. There's no upside. But if you were forced to. Well, what world you live in? That? You're in high school. Okay. <laughs> you have to see them every day at school. It just makes me feel so shitty thinking about, like, hanging out with exes and their new, like, dude. Like, it just makes me want to fucking put a bullet in my head thinking about it. But, okay. I'll play along. I'll, I'll take that bullet out of my head and play along. Like the, the little stuff. Like I feel like... It, the little stuff would make me feel the most miserable. Yes. Um, there's this scene in one of my favorite movies of all time, Vanilla Sky. Mm. Which I love. Tom Cruise at his fucking best. Love Vanilla Cruise Sky. Cruise killing it as usual. Per usual, Cruise killing it. But he has, a, he has a line towards the end of that movie where they say... All right, I'm just going to play that clip. I'm going to play that clip. Insert that clip, baby. If I can get it. Um, Because it's like such a good line where you're like, fuck. It's little things. The little things. There's nothing bigger, is there? It is the little things. God, you're so right, Tom Cruise. God damn, Tom. Life is a game of inches. It's not a game of yards. It's a game of inches, kids. Um, okay, so... But yeah, to, I guess to round out that point, if I'm Seth, I'd rather see Summer and Zach like full-on shirts off making out Oh yeah. than just hear her call him like honey or babe or like something and like give him a, like a sweet kiss. I'd be like, fuck. That's, that's, yeah, that's perfect analogy because that's exactly right. Those little things that you see fucking sting so hard. And yeah, you, it's like, hey, hey guys, can you just like rip each other's yeah clothes off and then get down <laughs> on the floor and you just start sucking his dick right here in front of me? Because that actually would feel a lot better than me having to walk, me hearing out of the corner of my ear, you like call him babe quietly. Like, and then me get a little glimpse into what it, like, the, really what's going on. Yeah, that really helped, guys, just to wash that memory out of my head. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I really, before, there's there's a couple other things I want to hit on as we putz around before we get into this main episode of the Rainy Day Women. I'm going to give a little palate cleanser here. Let's Mm -hmm. throw a clip in. This is a clip of, it's to set it up, it's basically Seth. He went to San Diego with, for his comic book with Zach and Summer. And he had to leave early, so all he's been thinking about is, did Summer have sex with Zach? So here it is. Ask my boyfriend if we had sex? Ew, what is wrong oh, with you? That is so creepy. Do you know how creepy that is? Ow! Seriously, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Summer, look at me. Since I got back from San Diego, I've eaten like seven raisins and a pack of corn nuts. 
I've been showered. I've slept like four hours in the last five nights. Colin. What? Look, Zach is my boyfriend. You're not. That part of my life does not belong to you. Yeah, I know that. Okay, I know. But it's weird and it's creepy. I know, and you know, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Well, good. Should be. I'm only saying this for the people that have to live with you. Take a shower, Cohen. Zach and I didn't have sex. How good of a feeling is that? Yeah, he's on cloud nine. So, early, you know, we were talking about, like, the whole thing about how bad the little things suck. And, like, that's, again, one of those little things where you leave and, and you're, like, not sure. Like, this girl I'm still into, did she have sex with this guy or didn't she? I can't stop fucking thinking about it. And then this never happens in real life, by the way. In real, She's always had sex with him in real life. In real life? Kids, yeah. In real life, <laughs> don't hold out hope. Kids, kids in real life, not only did she fuck the shit out of that guy, but it was multiple times, and sh- you're never getting from her later in the week, her coming back to you saying, it just didn't feel right, I didn't have sex with them, now you can rest easy. Relax, quick, quick, bud. Quick tip for the kids, the, the worst case scenario always happened. Always. It's weird, Seth is still, I like this because he's still in the exact same scenario, his dream girl is with a different guy. And has no intention of leaving him for Seth, but he just feels great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just like a little, it was a small win. Yeah, small, dude, you know what? What I've learned in life is you got to take those small wins where you can get them. Just like Tom Cruise said. Um, one thing that we were thinking of is we had a whole list of things girls love that we made up in college. Yeah. Well, we realized, we remembered this list, and we started texting our friends to see if they remembered the rest of it. And they delivered. But during the scene where you see that uh, Seth has drawn all these pictures of Summer. Yeah, so... And she gets really impressed and kind of like, sparks are flying a little bit. So Something, something's a brewing a little hard. So Seth drew, when, when he went to Portland in the summer, he's been drawing in his comic book pictures of Summer all summer. Hmm. Like what I did there? Nice. So God, that's fucking good stuff. What Summer didn't know is that he went to Portland. She thought he just forgot about her. That's why she started messing around with Zach in the first place. But really? He didn't forget about anything. He had about 70 professionally done artwork photos in a book under his bed that she found. And then she realized, oh my God. It's always been you, Summer. He's been drawing pictures of me all summer when I thought he wasn't thinking about me at all. He was actually thinking about me the whole time. Mm-hmm. So then we it started, it sparked us. And we were like, let's get back to that list yeah. of what we created in college of what girls love. Why don't you hit on a couple of those? You want me to just run down the list and you can backtrack and ask me like to, to yeah, expound on you? Maybe we'll just do it that way, just real quick. Yeah. Um, so if you like a girl and you are trying to like maybe get her to be a little bit more attracted to you, just keep this list of things that we've, well, keep in mind. Top this of is, mind. We were in college, and so our brains weren't fully developed, but I think it's pretty foolproof still. Well, I'll tell you what, the kids, the kids would love this list. This will work. This will work great for them. So, hey, dude kids. Hey, dude kids. L- listen to this shit. This, these this, should, be, this should be your rule book. All right, go ahead. Skills. Pat. Skills. And by the way, um, uh, our email address is vicariouslivingpod <laughs> at gmail.com. So if you disagree with any of these things on this list... You fuck you, off. No, don't fuck off. Email us why you disagree, and uh, and then we'll get back to it, because I don't think... You, you can read those. Yeah, I don't think... I'll read them, because I don't think anybody would be able to find anything to kind of refute this list. All right, go ahead. So number one, You'll skills. Probably, okay. Ladies love skills. So true. I remember asking one of my lady friends, Becky, in um, in high school, I asked her when we were sitting at a football game, I was like, does it really, like, you see a guy who, because Brad, Brad, Brad B, had just returned that punt in the state game yeah, for a TD. Really good stuff. And I was asking her, I'm like, um, Becky, does it, is it like if, a, you know, him returning that touchdown ever since the whole crowd here is going wild state championship game. 
does that like really get you jacked up? Like, does that really like, you know, now I'm into that guy just because of that? Or is it like, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, whatever. And she was like, oh no, that very much does. <laughs> I love that. And uh, so yeah, skills, skills is one. Yeah, okay. so skills, and this is what sparked this uh, memory because Seth is really talented at drawing and it, it, uh, it impressed Summer. Um, so I'll go right down the list. Skills, experiences, mm. facts. Facts. Passion. Oh, passion. They love passion. Yeah. Mystery. Mm. Status. Hold on. Hold on. On mystery, just look at the game written by mystery. He named himself mystery. He named himself mystery. So look into that book, the game, because that's all about all the different game tactics you're supposed to do with girls. It's a lot about like you know, the whole peacocking thing, negging a girl like you, you bring her down a little bit, keeps her intrigued, you flirt with her friends. All that stuff is in the game. It totally works. And yes, to your point, he named himself Mystery. Yeah, he's a genius. Total weirdo. Okay, what was that? To uh, let me, yeah, let me just go through the list and we can we can drill into each You don't one. want a story after every single one you read off? I kind of had a flow going with the list. <laughs> right, okay. I I'll, I'll start over and get my flow going again. Okay. Skills, experiences, facts, passion, mystery, status, decisiveness, mm. destiny, mm. danger, um, chocolate, mm-hmm. and dick. <laughs> so, I mean, email us in if uh, if you disagree with any of those things, but it's pretty solid. And those aren't those aren't priority ranked. No, so it's just that's it's a just, random list. But like, so we we talked about skills. Um, so next on the list, I'll let you kind of. No, I'm 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 good. I, I I'll tell you what though. Na- name me a name me a girl who does not like experiences. Name me a guy who doesn't like experiences. Yeah. What was the other one we wanted to add to this that we just decided? Well, we're thinking about it. Murder. Yeah. Sorry, say it again. We might have to add murder to the list. Yeah. In 2018, girls have gotten completely obsessed with murder. Anna, my wife, literally every single night around 10 o'clock, she goes upstairs. I stay downstairs and watch sports. She goes upstairs and turns on murder, mm-hmm. like murder shows. Yeah. Every single night, before, she falls asleep to stories about, like, it's always like white collar, uh, like wives in suburban, you know, middle America. And the wives, all of a sudden, just wake up one day and decide they want to chop their husband into pieces. Yeah. It makes me a little worried, but um, intern Whitney's laughing over there because she laughing. loves murder. Yeah, Whitney will, intern Whitney will be like, oh, Whit- Whitney, why don't you just... come in here? No. Come on, just come in here. <laughs> just for this, just for this. No, you're a fan I, I favorite. Get, I may get too serious. No, you're a fan favorite. I don't think I said that. I'll tell you what, we're getting a lot of good feedback. You'll see it in the emails that... Yeah, the people love Intern Whitney. Probably the kids especially. Um, okay, Intern Whitney, real quick, just answer this question. What do ladies love about murder so much? I don't know. I think it. I think it's the... It's like... Uh, it's You feel good that it's not you, um, but it's intriguing. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. It's like the schadenfreude of like, ooh, look at me, I'm in my warm bed, like all cozy. Good thing I'm not in a trunk with a knife in me. But I also take away like, good, <laughs> good like life skills from it, like what not to do, like how to not get murdered. Like you just, I don't know. You just like... bought tickets to I know, we're the going. podcast that is not this podcast. Yeah. But it's another podcast, one of our biggest rivals. Shout out, yeah, shout out to My Favorite yeah. Murder. In my George Favorite Murder, the biggest podcast, uh, one of the biggest in America. Yeah. And like Serial, think about how big Serial became. Yeah, I know. It's all because ladies love murder. Love it. L- Whitney, it. what are your ta- what are your takes on just some of the list there? I mean, are we before are we, before we let you go? Are what we are you chauvinist think? assholes, or are these pretty spot on? Yeah, because we feel like, especially once you get to like Dick and Chocolate. That's definitely high on ladies' list. Yeah, I mean, status sounds a little bad on on the surface. Yeah, that's true. But like going back to your story about Brad, he returned the kickoff. That's a skill. Yeah. The crowd goes fucking crazy. There's like thousands of people like going crazy for you. Yeah. Like a girl is just gonna be like, ooh. I want to be on his arm. Yeah, I want to be on that team. Like, yeah. I like that. Whitney, take a look at that list and Wait, see if there's a, there's a list. Give a little look through. The list. Status, power. Danger, experiences, destiny, destiny. 
If you're able to somehow, this is a tricky one. If you're able to somehow convince a girl that it's your destiny to be together, fate. Yeah, that's like the same. Fate. Oh, we had on there saving a girl's life. They yeah, love that. Yeah, I would say that's like a caveat, you know. If, if movies, if, if you movies save a, are any indication, girls yeah. love getting. I feel their like life we always saved. talk about if you save a girl's life, it earns you about maybe three to four months of perfect yeah. like dating, yeah. like yeah. gameplay and. Like, instantly, they're like, well, we're in love now. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. That's a little, like, but old school dams lunch dress. I've never, been close. Oh. I've never been close to saving anybody's yeah. life. I hang out a lot around a lot of train tracks. It'd be you. cooler if you had. Passion, yeah. definitely. Yep. But not about lame stuff. Like, if somebody's into video games and they're passionate about that, that actually uh, works against the... you. What if a couple of guys are passionate about uh, TV shows from 2009? Yeah, yeah. Teens. I don't know if that's gonna attract. This is from 2003. You fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we were in that's LA in 09. You're getting them mixed yeah. up. That's on me. Sorry. Okay, so what we've uncovered is all these are 100% fail safe. Yeah. Intern Whitney has agreed to all of them, and she's on board. Okay, so now to get back to the meat of this, and I'm just gonna rapid fire these last couple points, and then we'll get into the rainy day women, like we said. Marissa's dating Alex now full time. There was a big letdown for me when this originally aired because Fox promoted this as like, oh my God, next week on Fox, you're not going to want to miss the last 10 minutes. And then it would show a clip of them sitting, Alex and Marissa sitting on the beach, and then it would cut right before they kissed. And then everyone got all fucking jacked up. And I remember we all went over to our friend's house, like we did every week, to watch the OC. And the final scene when they kissed, it was literally under like 15 seconds of a scene. It was so quick. And then they panned away and it just ended. And everyone was just so blue balled. Everyone was so let down. It was what, like, what did, in your mind, what did you think was going to happen? It's, it's just one of those things that the expectations were so big. You got to keep in mind, this is 04 taboo like crazy on two perfect 12 out of 10 girls like about to make out it was like and you're in high school it was like oh my god yeah and i i know one thing specific to you is to always keep your expectations low always always whenever my mom would ask me like growing up would you would you how do you think you've done that test i would always say i feel like i didn't do that well i think i did horrible and then it just set the stage perfectly because then whenever I got the grade back and she asked me how, so how to go, if I did really good, then it's like, oh, I actually, I got a 95. So yeah. Nice. And then if it goes really poor, then it's like, I told you, mom, I didn't feel good about that. I did not. So just back off lady. <laughs> Let me grieve. Um, okay, so that's going on with Mr. Marissa and Alex. There's also this storyline going on with Sandy and this chick named Rebecca. All, I don't even want to get into it. All you need to know is that this lady from like Sandy's past named Rebecca has like done some bullshit with the cops like way back in the day, and she's been on the run for a while. And now she's come back in the picture, and obviously, what does she think? She thinks... Oh, there's only one lawyer in the entire world, so I gotta go to him. Sucks that he's kind of my ex-boyfriend, but I gotta go to him to get me off of this crime I committed over 20 years ago. And what we know about Sandy is that he loves nothing more than working as a lawyer for free. Nothing more than working as a lawyer for free and working as a lawyer for free with an ex that really pisses his fucking wife off and then acting like he has no idea why she's pissed. What Kirsten needs to know, like, I don't see why she's so mad because she just needs to realize that it's not Rebecca that Sandy likes. It's just pro bono legal work. Yeah. And he can't say no to it. So, like, she just needs to know, like, yeah, okay, he has to take this case. Obviously, he's going to spend probably... At least 60 to 70 hours a week on it. That's yeah. just him. Yeah. He loves working for free. Okay. Let's let's get into why are we alive? What was our destiny? What was our reason for being here? It was to be on this fucking podcast, to break down this fucking show, 
and to specifically get into the one of the greatest episodes ever put out onto the the wavelengths of the universe. Let's fucking go, man. It's, we're, we're done with the salad. We're done with the appetizers. Let's get into the meat of this thing. So just to just to level set, where are we at across the board? We have in this rainy day episode, Seth is trying to get Summer back. We have Marissa and Alex starting to, you know, they've been dating for a while. Stuff's going on with them. We have Ryan and Lindsay dealing with some shit because there's all this paternity test stuff going on with Caleb and Lindsay. So Ryan's dealing with that shit. Sandy is fucking dealing with all this Rebecca stuff where he's still trying to get her off and Kirsten's fucking super pissed about it. Like, he's trying to get her off of, like, this these old crimes or whatever. A lot of players on the chessboard. Let's just start out with the Sandy thing. Because we haven't touched on the Sandman yet in this episode. Is Sandy fucking clueless with all this Rebecca shit about it pissing Kirsten off that he's like hanging out with his ex-girlfriend all the time trying to get her off of these like uh, these past like crimes spending a lot of late nights with her is he clueless or does he like the attention he doesn't want to admit it to his wife obviously he might not want to admit it to himself he needs to give uh, listen to some of his own advice from season one when Seth was playing Anna and Summer for fools that's so fucking true. He needs to take a long look at himself in the mirror and just realize that he's doing the exact same thing. I don't It's even... kind of like being oblivious to the whole situation on purpose. Honestly, I'm so pissed I didn't think of that myself because that's so fucking true. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I just like... He went on this whole fucking thing. He was guilt tripping his son for like playing the whole Anna thing and Summer was Such a hard guilt trip. Such a hard guilt trip about, hey, you don't do that, son. Mightier than thou. Yeah, it's like he was up on on this pedestal like, you don't do that, son. And then now he's doing the same bullshit. Uh, Usually, you know me, I'm a Sandy defender, but this is indefensible. I'm not on his corner for this one. I've never been so blown away by the fact that like, I love Sandy growing up. Own a shirt with his face on it. We've already covered this. Who doesn't? But that fact remains steadfast. I own the shirt. It's got his face on it. I've never worn it, but I have it. I'm keeping it. I would never get it away because guess what? I'll never know when I want to put that on. It could be at any moment. And so, but now I'm like, it's unbelievable to me how much the Sandman has fallen off in my head. Like now, every time he's on the screen, honestly, I'm just like a little pissed. (laughs) And anytime Caleb, Turn to 180 on the Sandman. And anytime Caleb's on the screen, I just get so jacked up about defending this guy that everyone I know is about to shit on him. It pisses me off. So that's been going on with Sandy. He's been, you know, messing around with this Rebecca thing. By the way, there's a scene where they get the road gets flooded out. Is that what you're about to bring up? Right at right before we get into that, what are your thoughts on Lindsay playing the oboe? Hate it. <laughs> There's this scene, the first we see in this episode, she's just in her room playing the oboe, which, to try and put a visual on your head, it's 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 like a big clarinet, like a big flute. It's just the worst. It's, she sucks. I'm a big, like, going back to the list thing, I'm a big skills guy. I'm really into it when, like, a, a girl has skills. So the fact that she's playing a musical instrument, that's great. They just picked the worst one. It's such she's a in there one. playing the violin, it would kind of be cool. But just the oboe, the visual of it was so Yeah, imagine if, imagine if Ryan it just, walked it in. It made me furious. I think you said soft in the pants. Yeah, yeah, totally soft in I the pants. I was more just mad. I mean, I was turned off and pissed. Imagine, but like you said, if, if, you, if Ryan walked in, you know, you walk in on this girl you're dating, and she's sweating, you know, she's putting sweat equity into fucking violin yeah she's like playing like you know like a grand symphony or whatever what's that uh that christmas music like she's sitting there playing that on the violin sweating i'd be like damn this chick's getting after it and she's got violin skills that's sweet the oboe sucks i was just like oh 
Yeah, classic. Classic Lindsay. Playing the oboe. I'd probably <laughs> turn right out of that room. And... <laughs> I mean, Lindsay's made me so fucking soft in the pants that, like, at this point, I'm a little worried about long-term damage. <laughs> yeah. Like, am I going to just have to... If I keep watching Lindsay on screen, I may be... Like a year away from needing to take Viagra every single time I want to get intimate with a woman. And that's a danger to your or health. Or a man. Yeah. <laughs> we're not sexist here. <laughs> I don't want to act like we're sexist. Just a couple of open-minded guys. We're open-minded. Anyways, I'm worried about that long-term damage if she continues to be on screen. Yeah, I'm worried about you too. Another I mean, question. Another question I, I wrote down here is: This is called the rainy day women. So the through line is: This is like the first time in 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 five years that it's rained in the county of Orange, which we know right. because we were there for six months in '09 during the summer, and it rained approximately we, zero days. We suffered through a pretty brutal June gloom. June gloom. It got up to seventy. Three degrees. It was a degree over what we really liked of 72. By the way, um, I pointed this out to you. It was not news to you, though. CGI rain. So yeah, because clearly they couldn't was, get real yeah, rain in Orange close. County. Same kind of same canned shots that we're used to. They just CGI'd some rain in there. Yeah, it's proving our point. Yeah. So my question to you is, how wet is too wet? I'm assuming we're talking hair? You've assumed correct. We're talking hair. Because there's a lot of scenes in this episode where some of the scenes, it seemed like it was too wet, you know? Their their hair was starting to clump up in weird ways in the, on their forehead. You need you need enough moisture to where you can kind of shape it, like sculpt it, into like a, to way like if you slick your hair and back through your hair, it stays a little bit. But you don't want so much hair that it looks like you just got out of the pool and haven't dried off yet. Where right. it's just like clumping. Yep. That's what you want... What I think you want when you're trying to get the correct amount of wetness in your hair is it's like when you get out of that pool and then you run a towel through your hair for, you know, two seconds, shimmy it back and forth. That hair right after that is perfect sculpting and shaping hair. And it's going to look real fucking good. I agree. Yeah, we'll see all the characters in this episode at one point or another have wet hair. Some look better than others. And... I'm thinking that's just the the actor's choice, like that some like played a little better with wet hair. I don't know if they had a stylist in there working with the wet hair or how that worked out, but like Ryan's, not a good look. See, Summer Summer had a great wet hair look. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's at the end. Sandy, I mean, he was douching out this episode, but his wet hair was killing it. Look, I don't want to put this on Schwartz. I wouldn't do that. No, I would never do that. But if you're Schwartz, you maybe want to tighten this up a little bit. Yeah. Make sure everyone's hair's on point. Yeah. You're going to have a rainy episode. I mean, one of the key things is to get the hair right. Again, we're not blaming Schwartz. No. But no. we would never do that. But I'm just saying, like, Schwartz, like, what's up? Like, maybe take a look at Ben Buttons McKenzie's hair before he goes out there. You know, when you're, when you're giving the rah-rah speech, getting them all jacked up to do a scene... Say, hey, makeup lady, get your fucking ass over here unless you want to get your ass fired. Mm-hmm. And fix this shit. No, I agree. Okay, let's just now get into what you've been anxiously waiting for, which is the convenient washed out road. This drove me insane because, like, pragmatically I was looking at it and I'm like, there's no way this could ever fucking happen. So as we were saying... Kirsten's been getting pissed at Sandy because he's spending all this time with this chick, Rebecca, acting like he, he isn't doing it because he loves the attention and the fact that she's in love with him. He's really just trying to, you know, work for free and get her off of the of the crime. Because that's what he does. So they're, like, out, like, whatever, like, out of town. They're, I don't know, doing something from the case. No one cares. And then as they're trying to come back into the safe confines of the county of Orange... There's a convenient, washed-out road. You know, how the, the road just washes out sometimes. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, there's no alternative route? There's no alternative route. So they have the, they get to this, like, checkpoint, and there's this, like, construction guy, and he's like, Hey, folks, 
Sorry, the road's washed out. Uh, so your only option is to get a hotel room together. You guys, you guys get a hotel, and I bet if you go to that hotel, you can't even get separate rooms. And I bet you got to get just one king or queen bed in that room. They don't even have two doubles. And I bet you'll be sitting on the carpet in that hotel room, which, as we know with Sandy, where that's girls a dangerous like, issue. Yeah, that's if a you're girls... sitting on. The carpeted ground yeah. with Sandy, even though there's plenty that's, of seating around, shit's going down. That's when girls get real hot. Yeah. Real hot and They heavy. can't help it. And hot and bothered. Yep. So, I was just like thinking like, what, oh, is it washed out five miles behind where you just came from to do like the whole circle around? Like, I don't, why, is this the only road into Orange County? Is there one road in and one road out? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'd, We'd have to ask our friends about, you know, who live in Los Angeles. Are there detours out there? Is there literally one road in L.A.? Okay, so this is perfect. This gets us to our next clip. Because I want to go into a clip about they're back on the ground in the hotel room because they had to stay in the hotel. They're on the ground. They're also getting drunk as fuck on cheap wine, obviously. And... Here's just the clip of what Rebecca says to Sandy in that hotel room. Washed out road, rainstorm, cheap motel. Cheap wine. Oh. Has all the makings of a great slasher movie. Getting stuck here overnight. Well, that's El Nino for you. We're fate. Here we are, all alone. No one knows where we are. It's like nothing else exists. Tomorrow we head back to reality, but for now, it's just us. Except it's not just us. It hasn't been just us for 20 years. I gotta go, Kirsten. Say goodnight. Okay. I just want to say, when would that ever fucking work? That would never work. No, I think, so... When would it ever work of you're, you're trying to hook up with someone and you're saying to them, hey, no one's going to find out. No one's going to know. Uh, never. That's my tip for the kids. Because oh, they probably already know this, but when somebody says something like that to you, no one's ever going to know. No one's going to find out. It's just us. A little bell should go off in your head like... This is a bad situation. This I need to get out of here. You are 20 years away from being part of the Me Too movement. Yes. So, tip for the kids. If you hear those words, fucking bail. It's never going to go well. Get out of there, kids. I just immediately... <laughs> I immediately took it off the girl saying it to Sandy and that. And I just took... Because I know how it goes in real life is that 99.9% .9 of the time, it's the dudes saying it to girls in that moment. Of, hey, hey... No one's going to know. Look, I'm not going to tell. Yep. Are you? <laughs> you're not You're not like a rat, are you? It doesn't and, matter if nobody knows. Yeah, fucking... Yeah, my head went there too. If no one finds out, what's the big deal? Just live in the moment. Just stay in the moment. Tomorrow, you know, we just go back to our lives. Pathetic as fuck. Okay. Let me get myself back right. Let me get myself back right, because that shit just takes... I fucking hate it. <laughs> I really hate it. Um, let, me get, let me get myself back, though. Um, Kirsten also has some things that gave us some thoughts. While we're keeping this sandy through line going with Rebecca. Yeah, Kirsten's not very happy about the Rebecca situation. No. And she's... R rightly so. She's playing it pretty accurately. And you know what? I, I, if I were in her she's shoes... She's definitely well within her right at this point. Totally. She's doing this thing where anytime Sandy calls, she he's like, Hey, oh, you wouldn't believe it. The the, the road's ice washed out. I guess I gotta just sleep over with my adult lady friend. I guess we're just gonna bunk up together and sleep over. Are you okay with that, honey? Sleep in the same bed and stuff? <laughs> like, I'm just like... So, so Kirsten is doing this thing, though, that bothers me, where if I were her, I'd be like, uh, fuck yeah, that bothers me. No go. No yeah. go! She's, uh, she's just going aloof and icy cold with it. With and it's, angry. like, kind of passive-aggressive. Like, no, that's cool. 
No, totally cool. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely feel it. It's coming off the screen, but apparently in this episode, Sandy is so oblivious to anything that he's not even reading it. Sandy's oblivious to fucking life in it of itself, dude. He he doesn't pick up... He's been married to this girl for 20 years, so he's not picking up on this. I mean, I, I pick up on it in, in like a second. This happens to me a lot where it's like, no, all good. All good. And then I'm just like, well, it doesn't seem all good. It seems like, it seems like the opposite of all good. It seems, seems like, like very much bad. bad right now. So, it seems yeah. Like so, how about what's up? How about you just tell me like what the deal is and what you're pissed about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the anger. That anger that you have about like non anger is the anger that is easier to read. Yeah. So, just, that's a good example by you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, nice to know that if you were ever angry at me, I would know. I do, I do, um, should we just get into, I want to get into the whole summer, there's a lot going on with Summer and Seth in this episode. Yeah. A lot. We need to dive into that quick. I, I, so, so Summer's essentially going to Italy. Would you say they're treating that like? Uh, like she's getting married. Yes. That's what they're treating that like. Like if, if she goes to Italy before... Seth can win her back, then he can never win her back. It's like, it's, it's but, sealed. But really, all she's going to Italy is just that Zach's sister is getting married there. So she's just going to a yeah, wedding. She's just going, just going on vacation with his family. But, I mean, they do it beautifully because I'm totally bought in. I'm like, oh, gosh, she can't get on this plane. She can't get on this plane. I know. And I just want to, I want to float another clip in here just to give a little taste of the dynamics before we get into the end of this episode. There's this clip right here. Okay, Summer, before you get on that plane, I need you to give me one last shot, okay? You had your shot. Remember when we were dating and you sailed away? Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about. No, you have no right to do this to me. Not now, okay? I'm hanging up. Okay, then just tell me this. I mean, when you're with him, is it... Is it like what we had? You know, I can't remember that far back. And clearly, Cohen, what we had, it wasn't as awesome as what you had with Ryan. Otherwise, you wouldn't have left. So you know what? Now I'm leaving you. Okay, so Mark, will you please? It hits deep because they go, they hearken back to the beginning of, of this season when he's trying to win her back and she's again playing all that stuff about like, you had your chance. You remember when you fucking bounced, dude? Like, because apparently it's not as good as what you had with your half-brother, Ryan. Yeah. After that, I was thinking, hmm. That's good stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Seth is kind of like, so the percolation of his feelings are like slowly building back to where at first he knows, then Ryan knows, then the audience knows that he definitely is miserable without Summer and he needs to have her back. And then he starts kind of floating it out towards her where he's not really aggressive about it, but he's just kind of letting her know, slowly but surely. I did really like, there's a scene, classic Seth Cohen pop in over to Summer's room and comes over, it's raining, and he does not, what do you say, he doesn't look good in hats? Yeah. So he was wearing a Spider-Man mask. Little foreshadowing there. Little foreshadowing. And I thought that was brilliant by our boy Josh Schwartz. Yep. Um... There's a literary term <clears throat> called Chekhov's gun. Whoa. Let me drop this on you. Where there's some, I mean, he's probably Russian, that sounds like a Russian name, uh, writer, where he said, if you hang a gun on the wall in the first act, that gun better go off in the second act, or don't put it in at all. So oh, Seth having shit. that mask in his hand, that... We should have known. Something's got to go down with the mask, or, or else it's just some fucking pointless thing that he's got the mask. It so is, he shows up with the mask. God. It's like, ooh, here's the gun. Time is ticking down until we see that thing again. And boy, do we see it at the end. Damn it. I didn't even think about that when I first saw that mask. Yeah, he was wearing the Spider-Man mask. I thought nothing of it. I thought he genuinely, he didn't like wearing hats, like he said. Yeah, it's so true, though, because I, so, in college, took a lot of film classes. I was jealous. And Yeah, because they were easy as fuck. <laughs> Seemed pretty sweet. <laughs> Easy as fuck, those telecom classes. Interesting thing in, in those is um, a lot of, like, film classes and stuff and a, a lot of, like, getting behind, like, all that, like, mise-en-scene and cinematography and all that shit with, like, directors and what they do. 
You know who's not exempt from that list of mm. fucking Spielberg-esque directors? I have one guess, but I'll let you say it. I'll tell you what. His first name is Josh, and his last name is Schwartz. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because <laughs> that guy, fucking doing it to us. He literally, he crushes it. But anyways, in the, in the film class, they talk about, like, in every single scene, everything in the background, everything is there for a reason. There's nothing that's on screen, no matter how small it looks in the background, foreground, whatever, that doesn't have some reason that it's there. Man, I feel like on our next episode, we should go that deep into one of these. Oh, just one just fucking like scene. Just like one episode, one scene, yeah, just like everything. It's like, oh, what's that in the background? Is that the bagels? Okay. Did you know... Sandy's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know. Sandy's Jewish. That's why the bagels are in the background of every single scene that he's in. <laughs> I just genuinely, I think I hate Sandy now. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, let's get off of Sandy because I had to finish on Seth and Summer. There is an insane scene at the airport out of a fucking movie when Seth calls her one last time. She's at the airport getting ready to go to Italy with Zach forever. By the way, when when that phone went off, I was thinking in my head, "Mm, mistake call. That's what I was thinking too. Like too pathetic, dude. Yeah. Too pathetic. Um, and, And she doesn't pick up. He leaves a voicemail. I also was thinking, oh God. I'm not nervous. O- not, yeah, not only did he call, he left a fucking voicemail? Didn't where, even... where he saves himself is those two things sound desperate. The voicemail itself, the content of the voicemail was just like super chill. He put the brakes on. Friendly. Yeah, he tapped the brakes. <laughs> exactly. He, he, yeah, a lot of gas on the call and the voicemail. But Tons then of gas. The actual he's, con- been, he's been jamming the gas the last couple episodes. But then the actual contents of the voicemail all breaks. Mm-hmm. And in the voicemail, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm good. You know, I just wanted to let you know I've been doing a lot of crazy things trying to get you back and I've been acting like, again, self-awareness kicks in mm-hmm. and he's like, I've been acting like a total douche and... You go have fun, enjoy, I'm over it, and I don't, I don't, I want to be, we can be friends, but I'm over it, go have fun. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this reverse psychology works like a charm. You know what also works like a charm? Uh, Having a little kid that looks exactly like Seth, dressed like Seth, playing with uh, a horse and reading comic books at the airport? Yeah, that helps. That helps. What helps... Uh, is if you have Josh Schwartz directing and narrating your entire life. Mm-hmm. Because as she's listening to that voicemail in the airport, she looks over at the corner of her eye. She sees a little kid playing in the middle of the fucking airport. I mean, I would think to myself, hey, mom, get the kid in check, bitch. Like, let's get the kid wrangled over. Why this, is ground, he... this ground's dirty, mom. Can we just get him out there? It's covered in germs. Hey, mom, your son is just in the middle of fucking traffic. Just, like, got 37 comic books spewed all over the place. Playing with, like, toy horses. How about we, we hey, get mom, him wrangled in a little bit? got some unattended baggage here. You might want to uh, claim that. I mean, I'd lock that mom up for negligence. But either way, worked out for uh, Seth in that moment when um, she looks over and she sees a young Seth Cohen... <laughs> In the airport, playing with a toy horse, which we know reminds us of... Actual Seth Cohen. Playing with... Oh, Mr. Oates. Captain Oates. Captain Oates. You dumbass. God, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. That's on you. That happens, and then this is where I want to add a little... A little juice that I picked up from the director's commentary. When I watched that scene, and I was getting a little Schwartz in my ear... Mm Mm-hmm. What Schwartz was telling me is he was saying in that scene, in that moment, when Summer hears that voicemail and then Zach comes over and she's like, fuck, should we just put another clip in? Let's just put another clip in. Damn it. All right. Here it is. Here's that clip between Summer and Zach. I mean, I can't go. I can't do this. I didn't think you'd make it past security. I'm really sorry. 
great fate. Okay. So what I want to say about that is that scene, that moment, you can't see it, but that look on Zack's face when she tells him, and then he goes, you can't fight fate, and he gives this look of like he's, he knows. He knows, he knows all in that one instant, he can't fight it anymore. It's clear. He saw the kid, the fortuitous fucking little Seth Cohen, and then Summer says that shit, and he can just tell him the look on her face. He's like, you gotta go. You can't go to Italy with me. I'm out. I'm out. In that moment, from Schwartz, what I was talking about, Schwartz is like, that's when we knew. That actor, whoever plays him, big time star. He's like, I knew in really? that one nice. scene, that guy is gonna go on to huge things. Because of how that actor played that moment. I'm glad to see that happened. I mean, Schwartz is a great director, but he might be full of shit. <laughs> no, we wouldn't say Sorry, that. dude. I was just no, kidding. No, uh, no. But yeah, obviously, Zach handles getting uh, broken up with in crushing fashion with total grace. He's a pro. No one would handle getting broken up with that way. Like, oh, my world's crumbling down? Let me just slip in a couple really mature, well thought out lines and then, uh, and then leave you be. Tell you what. Just go out the bigger man. For a 16 and a half year old, this guy's pretty fucking mature. He's an old soul. Yeah. He's an old soul. I'd say, I have been. He knows life's going to work out better for him. It wasn't meant to be. In the moment. In that exact moment. Have you ever, when you, because look, both of us have been broken up with a lot. Yeah. And intern Whitney like that, she got a good laugh out of that. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad that's funny to you. Um, both of us have been broken up with a lot. You know what never happens in a breakup? You say the right thing. <laughs> never say the right thing. And you're never just like feeling, you know what? Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. This was meant to be. This was meant to be. You know what I'm never thinking in a breakup? That this is anything further from what's meant to be happening right now. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm always just like, no, no, what? This doesn't have to be meant to be happening. We don't, what, don't do that. Don't you do that. This doesn't need to be happening right now. So, <laughs> Zach's such a douche, dude. Like, fucking bullshit. Get out of here, Zach. All right. Ryan and Lindsay. Should we do that? Mm-hmm. Quickly, please, God. Very quickly. Uh, here's the deal. She was getting a paternity test with Caleb. It was very, it was made very clear to us as we were watching that it was like, if it turns out Caleb is her dad, then she is going to stay, get all of his money, and be rich. If it turns out that her mom was kind of a slut, had sex with multiple dudes, then her and her mom are going to leave to Chicago. They do the paternity test. By the way, I don't blame Caleb for doing a paternity test here. He's a smart man. He was getting a lot of bullshit for wanting to do a paternity test. And I was thinking, that's actually a really smart thing to do. So get off this man's back. God damn. Um, They do the paternity test. Turns out, she is his daughter. Only time I've ever actually respected Lindsay, she fucking left when she found out. Yeah, bold move. So I respected her because she just got the fuck out of my life. Super punk rock. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? I think I just had that in my head from <laughs> when Julie Cooper called herself punk rock. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, either way, yeah, it's not punk, punk rock at all. But um, Lindsay bounces. And it, it was the coolest thing because it was like, you know what? I could stay here. Now, now Caleb's all jacked up to be my dad. And like, cause I'm officially his daughter and I could stay here and be rich as fuck. But you know what? Fuck that life. I'm punk rock. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> She's like, fuck that. I'm punk rock and I'm out of here. <laughs> and so her and her mom go to Chicago and get out of my life for fucking ever. It feels so good when somebody gets out of the OC, like when a Teresa leaves, oh. when, a, when Ryan's mom gets out of there, when you just, just... You get out of the ecosystem. Yeah. Don Atwood. 
Yeah. Yeah, when she it's bounced like, it. Don Atwood, you're getting algae into the filter. Get out of the aquarium, please. Eddie. Eddie, get out of here. Teresa. Oliver, that was nice. Oh, God, yeah, when Oliver bounced. Then there's guys that when they leave, you're you're so pissed. Like, Luke. Fuck. And you're just like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. We wanted you to stay, Luke. Forever. Anna. Anna. When she left, yeah. that one was tough. That was a tough loss. That was a tough loss. Okay. Yeah. I think it's high time. I'm going to do a little on Marissa and Alex and then we'll 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 get in we'll wrap it with the uh, with the final scene with the Summer and Seth. To cover Marissa and Alex, I do want to get into and I apologize to our fine sponsors because I didn't envision it taking me an hour to get to these fine sponsors. They're getting buried today. But I'll tell you what, we had a lot of good content. And sometimes when you have that content, your sponsors get pushed a little back. But you know what that does not mean? It does not mean that we have any less love for these fine sponsors. They give us great deals. They hook us up. And that's where I want to get into my MCITW of the week. That is, Mercy Cooper is the worst of the week. And it is brought to you by Wicklowware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com. A lot of good winter gear right now. It's getting cold, man getting cold you need the Wicklowware winter gear and you know what you also need you need to type in promo code viola checkout little extra boost for the holidays 10% off your entire order vl at checkout type it in get the discounts okay my marissa cooper is the worst of the week is it's very clear that she only got into alex for the novelty of it yeah and you know what i don't appreciate I don't appreciate Marissa diving in into the lesbian game just for shits and giggles. It's disrespectful. Disrespectful to Alex, who is genuinely trying to look for a lady partner for life. And I think it's a bullshit move to go in there and mess with Olivia Wilde's heart, who we know is number one on our list. You don't do that to Olivia. Don't do it. Don't do that. And I think it's a bullshit move that she's just decided, you know what, I really want to piss off my mom and fuck around with a lady friend. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. And for that reason, she is the worst of the week. I fucking hate this chick. And nothing, nothing pissed me off more than back in the day when I got together with all my fucking friends to be jacked up on seeing Olivia Wilde and Misha Barton have a fucking really hot makeout scene. And it really let me down. And so for that reason, not only is she the worst of the week, but she's the worst of my week and the worst of my month back in a 16 and a half year old Brian's mind at Chris Fitz's house. Shout out Chris Fitz. Shout out to Chris Fitz. I hope he's listening. And where is he at? Denver, Colorado? Yeah. We used to always go over his house and watch the OC. And I remember going over there and just being so severely let down. So fuck you, Marissa. That's why you're the worst of the week. Once again, you've done it. And we fucking hate you forever. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklowware. All right. Should yeah. we get back into Seth and Summer? Cue Champagne Supernova. Summer runs out of the airport and she's headed one place. Yep. That's Seth Cohen's house. Meanwhile. Still pouring down. Still pouring down, right? It's been pouring down the whole episode. Meanwhile, Seth has been drowning his miseries all day. All he wants to do is watch some satellite TV mm. and wants to watch some reality. What's the show called? Um, it's basically The Hills. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Sherman Oaks, The Real Valley. So go ahead and cue Champagne Supernova again. Summer runs it. Actually, I should say, going out in the rain to fix the satellite. That's the only thing he wants. There is nothing fucking worse than your satellite going out when it's pouring down rain outside. All okay, right. so then now cue champagne supernova. Cue it. Um, Seth is climbing onto the roof to fix this damn satellite. He's got the Spider-Man mask on, obviously, because he doesn't look good in hats. He's got some kind of a rope that looks like it might just kill him, tied to his waist yep. for safety. Um, he's up there jiggling around with it. He slips, falls off the roof, and lands like kind of hanging down on this rope, which probably would kill him. Yeah. Um, he's dangling, probably like. You know, maybe five foot 
four inches off the ground, <laughs> upside down with the Spider-Man mask on. So he's uh, th- yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, just to just to clarify mm-hmm. in this, he's dangling upside down. Upside down. Five foot, three and a half inches off the ground with a Spider-Man mask on, and it's pouring down rain outside. Okay, go ahead. Okay, cue champagne supernova again, and. Who, then, who just happens to walk up onto the back patio? I'll tell you who, and I'll tell you who with this clip. feels so fucking good i'll tell you what we you know we we were talking about watching these episodes at chris fitz's house i still it's like you know how you remember like certain moments when you were growing up like the day the earthquake happened yeah sadly i really only remember probably a good 15 to 25 moments from my youth this is one of them mm-hmm. i remember exactly where i was when she comes in, I'm and I'm sitting there with all my bros, all my tightest bros, and we've been fucking. We this has been building for like three fucking months on summer getting on Seth getting summer back, and then this scene happens, and I think all of us in unison realized in that moment, it's all downhill from here, mm-hmm. the rest of our lives. We peaked. We have peaked officially. At 16 and a half, we have peaked in our lives. And it's only going to spike again. In 15 and a half years, we relive this with on a podcast called Vicarious Living to remember what that fucking felt like. Email address vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, so, God. It did, it did oh, bring I me, remember right, it like it brought it me right back to here watching that, uh, watching that scene. I was on a high for like a week in high school after that. There, there's so many things that you have a lot of anticipation for and you're just let down a, a lot of things like you're all jacked up for like a big sports game and then it kind of just like lets you down it doesn't live up or like everyone's been telling you this movie's really good and then you go see it and you're like that movie was fucking garbage all these people are fucked beyond repair who recommended that but then like these moments happen where you it's been building for three months and then it just delivers and you're just like, oh my God, I can fucking die now. Okay, so it's good stuff. Um, let just I want to say about that scene. The reason why that's also so impactful is that is a carbon copy of the scene in Spider-Man One. Yes, we didn't even mention that. Dumb by us. That that scene won MTV. Movie Awards, Kiss of the Year. No big deal. No big deal at all. In 2004, when, or 2003, whenever Spider-Man 1 came out. Won Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Upside down makeout. Had that very, yeah, that's why, and so what Schwartz was doing, when he gave us that little fucking preview with Seth wearing that Spider-Man mask earlier, was he was setting us up for like a recreation of one of the greatest scenes in movie history, mm-hmm. which is that up down, upside down kiss by Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Another thing that I heard from the director's commentary, fun fact, is that the guy who was, he, there was a stunt double who went up onto the roof, obviously, to, to tie that rope around the chimney to fix the, uh, to fix the satellite dish. And then when that guy fell off the roof and he was dangling there, five foot, three and a half inches off the ground, that was all a stunt double. And then they wired up Adam Brody into that dangling, you know, mechanism and had him dangling there and had, you know, fake water pouring down. Schwartz said he's never seen Adam Brody more pissed than in that moment when he was sitting there 
dangling upside down with water just coming like into his nose because he's dangling upside down and he like can't breathe and he's having to do this stupid basically getting waterboarded yeah he's essentially getting waterboarded and he's like that's the most pissed that i think i've ever seen adam brody as we filmed a scene was in that one moment and it was to recreate that kirsten dunst toby mcguire scene hey hollywood magic's hard work man okay now let's Let's get into your you know, let's get let's wrap up and get into your MVP of the week. So who is your MVP of the week? I'm giving it to Summer Roberts. Why is that? But caveat, huge assist by Seth. Okay. Um, he was lobbing her up dunks the whole episode. Throwing her alley oops for that MVP. Award. And she was crushing him. She didn't miss on a single one. She just had really great production through the whole thing. Um, a lot of critical scenes. Pretty much every scene she was in was crucial to pushing the main plot forward. And the efficiency she showed, just really high efficiency. Well, um, we can also say that she was also getting propped up by Zach because according to the aforementioned greatest man of all time, Schwartz, Schwartz said that Zach in that moment at the airport gave like the, the greatest acting I mean, it's a team effort, really. Um, and then obviously we just talked about it, the huge buzzer beater finish at the end to cap it all off. Oh, yeah, I like so, that. So it was like... You got to give it to her. So, yeah, the game was coming down to the wire, and then if there was any doubt whatsoever that Summer was the MVP of this week, she hits this 25-footer fall away at the buzzer to win the game with that final scene. It's like, fucking game over, kids. All right. That's good stuff. I like that. I'm on board with that MVP. Kids, should we wrap it there? Let's do it. Kids, we are obviously wishing you a very happy night. And the last thing we'll say as we wrap it up is, as always, do less. Do way less. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.